0: Hey friends, your girl is back. It's just Casey with the Weekends Are For Weddings podcast. I'm your host and this week I have my voice like 99% back to normal. The only thing that still sucks is um like on Sunday I had a wedding that I photographed and I was talking 90 miles a minute um all day long just like directing people taking photos, all the all the things. And by the time I was able to like drink water and have a snack, which usually I never get to have a snack on a wedding day. It's just like not heard of because we don't have time. Um, I was able to like chill for a minute and I was like, Oh my gosh, I need to like cough. Like I have this like lingering small thing in my throat that like, you know, like when you get a tickle and it's uncontrollable, well, that's what happens. And when I'm like running around or talking a lot, I like that tickle starts to like agitate and like act up. Um so that's kind of what happened. Um but other than that I'm finally like sleeping much better. I feel back to my normal self. So here we are recording episode eight and I am actually gonna try to record this and episode nine kind of together, not like releasing at the same time, but I'm going to Las Vegas next week, y'all. I am going for my Bachelorette. Yes I'm already married but I haven't been celebrated and my besties and my sister are celebrating me. So I'm hopping on a flight next Thursday in the wee hours of the morning and I'm taking off to Las Vegas for like five, six days. Um, So I'm going to try to record episode nine now because I have appointments upon appointments upon appointments upon appointments until I head to my sister's house next Wednesday night. So here I am. I feel back in the swing of things. I'm excited to be here today. I'm going to kind of have a two-parter episode where in the first part, I am going to talk about just some crazy wedding stories. I put up a poll or I don't know what you call that thing, but like we're, we're going to call it a poll. I put up a poll question just saying, you know, anyone out there who has had crazy stories happen to you, please share. I got a few submitted and then I'm going to share probably the craziest story of my own. And then part two of this, um, to make it kind of a longer episode, I I'm going to share the top three things I don't feel as somebody who has seen many weddings and is planning wedding, the top three things I don't think you should skimp on when it comes to planning your wedding. So a little bit of fun, a little bit of seriousness, and here we go. Right. So I want to talk about like some crazy wedding things that have happened. Um, I put up a poll, like I said, just kind of asking for some feedback on like, what are some crazy things that have ever happened to you? And I feel like I didn't get as many responses as I wanted to because it's like not good to talk about like bad things that have happened at weddings, but it's fun to know that like shit happens and whether you're a vendor or like a couple getting married, it's kind of I don't know about you, but as somebody planning a wedding, it's nice to know that like, okay, shit goes wrong. Shit goes sideways. Um, and as a vendor, like you're not the only one who experiences the wildest things on wedding days. Um, so I feel like it'll be fun to just kind of share some like funny stories and give like my thoughts behind it. I'm going to share the craziest thing that I think has ever happened to me in the history of being a wedding photographer. Um, But let's get through some of the stories um, that I got first. And then after this, we're going to talk about the top three things I think you should not skimp on when it comes to wedding planning or planning or having a wedding. So one of the first stories that I got was from Joanna. She said, during... The father of the bride toast, he drunkenly yelled at me to stop taking photos. Bride had to intervene. Okay, let me just first off say to you, I that would be a nightmare for me, and I would just probably laugh and not know what to do and be like, are you serious? Because... I'm being paid to be here and take photos of literally everything. And like sometimes what will happen right when I'm at weddings is I will be taking pictures of like the charcuterie board or like the dessert tape, not even the dessert table. I feel like that's like common, but like the appetizer spread or like I'll interrupt um, quickly one of the um, servers handing a guest food. I'm like, Oh, let me just take a picture of you like grabbing one off. And people look at me and they're like, what is going on with you? But I tell people if, anybody spent money, like if the couple spent money on it, I'm taking pictures of it. So sorry, don't mind me. But like, I get anxiety in those situations. Like, oh my God, don't look at me taking these pictures. But like, I'm there to do that. So part of me is like, oh, I'm anxious. But part of me is like, I don't give a fuck because I'm here. This is my job. So this particular situation, the father of the bride was doing a toast and drunkenly yelled at Joanna to stop taking pictures." That is like worst nightmare situation. For me, taking pictures during toasts is like one of the most anxiety inducing things for me because I'm not trying to get in anyone's way watching the couple and their reactions and the people giving toasts, but like the way that some venues are laid out, there's really no good way for me to like stand out of the way sometimes. Like I have to, Kind of be front and center to a degree to the couple's head table because I want to get some good reactions of them, but I also want to be able to be in a spot, right, where I can swivel and kind of get some good guest reactions as like funny or um, sentimental things are being said. So, for example, I'm a six foot tall lady. I'm not small and slender. So, like, I stick out like a sore thumb and that's okay, but I just feel so self-conscious and anxious when I like have to block a guest's view. And I have had guests scoff and I've heard it. Sometimes there's literally nothing I can do. I have to stand there and I'll like turn around and apologize like, oh, so sorry. I have to be in the way. And a lot of times most guests are just like, Oh my gosh! Like no worries, like you do your thing, or they'll be scrolling, scrolling on their phone anyways, not even paying attention. But it still doesn't change the fact that like I don't want to be in anyone's way. I try to be a fly on the wall throughout those moments, but like sometimes the venue setup is just like not ideal. So to have this happen in front of like everybody, first of all, is just terrifying to think about um because like you don't want to be you don't want to take any of the attention away from the wedding as a vendor you don't want like you try to be inconspicuous at least i try to be and for the father of the bride giving a toast to yell at joanna like putting myself in her shoes to yell at me to stop taking pictures what am i supposed to do i'm literally hired to take these photos so like you don't want to upset him further and like cause a bigger scene than like already has happened but you also are there to capture photos. In that instance, I guess what I would do is I probably would just not take photos maybe of him, like direct my lens somewhere else. And I mean, I'm kind of glad that the bride intervened because that, you know, you don't want to have a confrontation with a family member, let alone the father of the bride. Like that is just ako taco sauce. But yeah, that is so uncomfortable. I would probably laugh nervously and be like, ha, Oh, uh, oh uh, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. And it's one of those things, right? Where like, if something crazy happens, I jokingly say like, Oh, don't worry. Like I'll document it for insurance purposes. But like in this sense, in- like in this instance, like, what do you do? I don't know. I would love to know like what other photographers, there's probably a bunch of you out there who are just like, I don't give a shit. I would still take photos or like he said, stop. So I'm going to stop. Like it is what it is but like I would be a nervous Nelly. Oh my gosh. Um, Joanna also submitted that the bus was over one hour late and the bride almost missed her ceremony. That is like worst case nightmare scenario for me. I have had weddings that due to external circumstances beyond anyone's control, the ceremony did run extremely late, which is really hard because that sets off the entire remaining timeline. And I'm only hired for a certain amount of time. Typically, if you hire me for let's say eight hours, but you want me there for 10, you're going to compensate those extra two hours. Obviously, right, if shit happens and the bus breaks down, or the people are in traffic in the ceremony. I'm not going to penalize anybody for that, but that would be my little, my literal worst nightmare is having myself show up late to the ceremony or almost missing it. I would be so anxious, because if any of you know me, I've talked about this before, if any of you know me, I am literally showing up early to the already scheduled early time. So like on my wedding day next month, I am going to be there early, early, early. We're hopefully taking pictures at the venue before the ceremony. And if it's raining, I have rain plans in place to still get there early. But that's like one thing that you have to consider is there are just things that are going to happen on wedding days, whether you're a vendor or a couple getting married, that things are just going to be so beyond out of your control and you just have to roll with it. And I'm hoping that for me, I can get in the mindset of if something does go wrong, just It is what it is. I'm not gonna freak out. I'm not gonna obsess over it. I like things to be as perfect as possible. So like I start obsessing over things, which is currently what's happening is I'm trying to organize all of my wedding things for my wedding planner so that on the day of, hopefully nobody has to call me and need anything. I can just enjoy getting my hair done, enjoy getting my makeup done. But as a vendor who has now seen well over a hundred weddings unfold, I know that that's not gonna happen. So I'm just gonna like try to be a chill person, but we'll see. I just pray to the whoever above that the bus with our guests on it, because we hired a bus to pick up guests um, from the wedding. um, We call that thing hotel that we have so that guests can come let loose and not have to worry about a ride home. And so we hired a bus and hopefully that bus will not be that late. Because imagine like walking out and all of your guests on that bus are just not there. But there ceremonies at 4.30. Like, I don't even know what I would do. I would have a mental breakdown. Or try not to, at least. Okay, so, oh my gosh. So my girl Jenna, I literally love her and Josh. They got married at a ven- the venue that I actually photographed at on Sunday. They got married there last September and their wedding was just so gorgeous. They had their puppers involved. It was just such a fun wedding. And Jenna is just one of those people, actually both Jenna and Josh. Josh is like so chill, so laid back. Um, Jenna is just like so down to earth, but yet so organized, so on top of things, but yet just like, so I just, I adore her. So she submitted a, a story that I didn't know what she was talking about. So she said, "Is our wedding guest throwing the speaker a crazy story?" Other guests tackled him. So I res- I saw that and I was like, "What the fuck is she talking about?" I um I messaged her and I was like, "Did I miss something? Like I don't know what you're talking about." And she's like, "You must have not been there for that question mark." And I was like, "I." Surely was not cuz I would definitely remember that cuz this is an instance where I would be like probably taking pictures just for cuz I would think it's like seer I I don't even know I don't even know. So she says One of Josh's friends was drinking and I think he took something. I was at the bar about to take a shot when I turned around and he threw a speaker on the ground. Everything paused for about 15 seconds and then the guy tried to come back on the dance floor. Josh's two other friends carried him out and then the drunk guy tried to come in again. So Josh's friend Alex tackled him in the parking lot. (laughs) Then Josh's cousin's husband, who played college rugby, carried the guy back to his rental home. Safe to say we aren't friends anymore. I for certain did not experience that. That must have happened. So here's the thing, right? Like photographers and videographers are only there for a certain amount of time. Generally, it is not until the last song. It is not till the whole thing ends because that would be like, in some instances, like a 14 hour day. And I can promise you that is just an obscene amount of coverage. If you are somebody who has had 14 hours of coverage, all the power to you. But generally for me and most of the people that I have worked alongside with, whether it be photographers or videographers, generally we cover eight hours. That is a long day. I'm usually starting a little bit early. So your your start time usually gets bumped up a little bit. Um, usually for my sake more than anybody else's. But so I don't necessarily see the things that happen well into the night, like right before everything ends, after everybody has been smashed with cocktails. So, had I seen this, I would have been like nervously taking photos. Like, I might need this for like insurance purposes. Cause it sounds like to me it was one of the DJ's speakers that he just like slammed to the ground. Cause she had mentioned the DJ in, her, in one of her um, follow up messages. I don't even know what I would do. I would be like, is this real life? Is this actually happening? And the fact that like he was carried back to his rental home is just like insane to me. Also, I'm going to completely throw myself under the bus here. Same wedding. Jenna and Josh had a first look. And typically we request that like any phones, keys or anything during photo time are put aside or... Usually what happens is I put them in my bag um, and then I give them back to them, you know, once we're done photos. Well, Josh gave me just his phone in my bag for first look before the ceremony. And then we were so hustle bustle getting pictures done that by the time I was ready for the ceremony, it had completely slipped my mind that I had his phone and he never asked for it. So all throughout the day, apparently I was carrying it in my bag and it had fallen on like the side of my organizer insert that I have in my bag. And I had a double header that weekend. So their wedding was on the 17th. I actually had my first ever, probably only ever double wedding. So two couples getting married the same day. They were best friends marrying into the same family. So I had their... Jenna and Josh is on the um, 17th, which was a Friday. And then I, because Jenna and Josh's wedding was on the way to my double header up north, to like to the tippy top of our state, I was going to drive from their wedding up to the Airbnb that we had, um, my family and I had rented because they were coming with me for the weekend. So that on Saturday, I was already in the area because it was... I believe like a four-hour drive from my house. And so Jenna and Josh's wedding cut my route by like an hour and a half on the way to my Saturday wedding, if that makes sense. So after their wedding, I drove to the Airbnb, which was like a three-hour drive from where we were. I still had... Josh's phone in my in in my in my photography bag. And I didn't realize it until Jenna texted me saying, hey, do you happen to still have Josh's phone with you? And where we are in Northern New Hampshire, there is like hardly any cell phone service. So I was surprised and so thankful that I even was able to get that text message because had she texted me, right? And I never responded because I didn't have service for the weekend. That would have been, I would have lost my mind more than I already was. So she texted me. She was like, hey, do you have Josh's phone? And I was like, oh, my God, I started having like a slight mental breakdown, which that seems to be a theme for this episode Is what I'm talking about me having mental breakdowns, but it's fine. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, I had Josh's phone. I drove like very far away and there was like no way I could turn around and bring it to them by the time I got the text, because it was like midnight by the time I rolled into the Airbnb and I was so far away. So she is a saint of a woman. She was like, oh my gosh, no worries. He probably shouldn't even like, he he needs to detach from his phone and enjoy the rest of the weekend. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like shit. But thank you so much for being so understanding. Mind you, I was like seven, almost eight months pregnant at this point. So I was like extra hormonal and upset about it. And I ended up getting it to her Sunday on my way home from my Saturday wedding because I stayed overnight. Two nights um, because we were so far from home. So I ended up getting it to her, all was fine. But yeah, that same wedding that this guest knocked over a speaker and got tackled and thrown out of the wedding was the same wedding that I accidentally took my groom's phone home. So I now have it in my head that I will only hold on to it and then I'm giving it immediately back and I keep it in a spot in my bag where it's like an obvious place where I will access it multiple times throughout the day. So with that, that's not even the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, the craziest wedding story. Okay. Let me set the scene for you. (laughs) It was 2018. I had just moved home from North Carolina. Um, my family and I, or I packed up, moved to North Carolina for, it'll, it would, it would have been almost two years that summer end of that summer in 2018, but we packed up and moved home in May, no, yes, May of 2018. And I by the time I got home in May, I had like my entire rest of the season already scheduled. Um so my wedding was at the end of October 2018. And being in New England, the weather at that time can be so unpredictable like on my best friend Allie's birthday. What year was it? I had just graduated high school, so it was 2012. Don't ask me how I remember all these small things. Um, October 29th, 2012, we had Hurricane Sandy roll through and it was not snowy, not anything like that. But for this particular wedding at the end of October 2018, we had a crazy nor'easter roll through. It was absolutely fucking wild. I remember I was my second, it was my first full season being full time. Uh, So it was what I did for my job. And I was, I had, I don't even remember how many weddings I had that season. I believe it was almost 30. So, I, that was like the last wedding of my season, I'm pretty sure. And lo and behold, a crazy snowstorm rolls through, and I was not as confident in 2018 as I am now. I feel comfortable saying that because as each year and each wedding and each session goes by, I get you know more and more secure in myself. I've been secure for you know a couple of years now. I wouldn't say I was so insecure at that wedding, but I was still learning, you know, my groove and things as a full-time wedding photographer. I was still practicing my techniques as I do today. I'm still practicing and learning and finding new things to keep myself excited. And so at that point, I had never really dealt with crazy weather on wedding days. This was probably like my first literally crazy weather wedding. So on the way up to this wedding, which was like three hours from where I was. It was fine up until halfway through the drive and started sleeting. And I'm like, oh shit, I hope I make it there okay. And then I get there and I'm looking around the venue because I try to always get there early. And I knew bad weather was going to be rolling in, so I got there a little extra early. And I'm walking around the venue. And when I when I got there, it was like... Sleet slash snowing. It was very wet. And I'm looking around, I'm like, okay, this isn't bad. This is gorgeous. I just have to find a space big enough for this entire wedding party and all these group photos I have to get. I have to find a space to do all this. And at that time, I was less confident in my flash skills. And like, I was still trying to master my flash skills in 2018. Now I can take flash all day, every day, because uh, I forced myself to master it. Um, And I always think about this wedding and think, man, there were so many things I wish I could go back and do differently, like many photographers probably go through. But, you know, I found an awning outside that we were able to take most of the pictures of. But by the time we got through portraits, it was like it was just sopping wet. The weather was miserable. And that's just like element number one to the day before we could even get to those group pictures that we needed to. okay, so. We started the day knowing the weather was going to be shit. My poor bride and groom got there. I felt like my poor bride was just so stressed about the weather. Rightfully so. Who wants to have a Nor'easter on their beautiful October wedding day? I'm not raising my hand for that. But she was a trooper. She was so positive about it. But I could still tell she was stressed. And I was like, don't worry. I've got a plan. Everything's going to be fine. And everything was going okay. And then the ceremony starts happening, right? And for me, I stand up. At the front of the aisle, typically traditionally what's called the bride side of the aisle. So if you're looking at the, if you're a guest looking at the arbor or where the bride and groom or the couple will stand, typically I'm standing in the front row on the left-hand side. If you're a guest looking at the wedding. So that's traditionally the bride side, but we're nixing that. So I'm standing up there and I'm taking photos of the wedding party coming down. Everything is going wonderful. And then suddenly out of nowhere, and the details on this are a little fuzzy because everything was so chaotic for a second there. But the wedding planner or the coordinator comes skimpering down the aisle and comes up to me and I'm just like, hello, what is going on? The bride is supposed to be walking out of these doors like right now. And I was just smiling because everybody was looking at us. And she whispers in my ear, there is a gas leak and everybody needs to evacuate right now. And didn't say it to everybody, just said it to me and then kind of like skimpered back down the aisle. And I'm looking around like, is this fucking serious? Like a gas leak? A gas leak means explosions if fire meets leak. So here I am dealing with a nor'easter and a coordinator who comes up to whisper in my ear, there is a gas leak, we need to evacuate, but doesn't announce it to anybody else. So I'm looking around for a solid 30 seconds, starting to panic. I have butterflies in my butt, essentially. And I start just whispering. I don't know why I was whispering, but I remember softly speaking to guests in order to not get anybody to freak the fuck out that we need to evacuate. I was like, there is a gas leak. Not to be worried. We just need to evacuate. So please make your way to the back and we will escort you to a different side of the building to secure it because the fire department is here. So I start telling people and then I rush up the aisle and I'm like, oh my God, the bride and groom haven't seen each other yet. I need to hide the bride. So I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, we kind of shoved her in like a broom closet (laughs) and then we let all the get, the guests come out and we, it was, the venue was separated, like separated enough where like the guests would go to like the right side into like the reception area. And there was like a back hallway where I could take the bride in the bridal party and like hide her so that nobody sees her. I don't know how the hell I pulled that off, but I managed to hide that poor bride and her, well, everybody had already seen the wedding party, but I had managed to hide that bride, move her from the broom closet to a separate room without anybody seeing her. Don't know how I managed that, but I freaking did it, and to this day I still feel like Supergirl. But we ended up getting some pictures reluctantly. I, oh my God, if you can hear my cat, I'm so sorry. Ranch dressing is like diving all over the house. This is his witching hour. What time is it? It's eleven o'clock. Yeah, this is this is his witching hour. Anywho, let's back to the story. So. Reluctantly, all the all the bridal party thought it would be so funny if she took pictures with the fire department who helped like secure the situation. They shut I'm pretty sure they shut off the gas to that side of the building. Um she did not look enthused. 10 out of 10 looked like she probably wanted to kill everybody in the room for making her take those pictures. She just wanted to get on with her day. It was probably the worst case scenario for her, rightfully so. If I had to evacuate my guests from my ceremony, I would have again a Menti B but it's fine. Everything ended up being perfect. The rest of the wedding night went well once they secured that. Aside from the weather, the wedding was absolutely beautiful. I wish I could go back and there were so many things I would do differently, but that is like the crazy, like imagine if you're a photographer or a vendor listening, imagine you are at the ceremony site, doing your thing. The bride is literally getting ready to come out of those doors. The whole wedding party had just walked up. You were just waiting for her to come out. And then come the coordinator, who I thought would coordinate everybody evacuating, comes to tell you there's a gas leak. Everybody needs to evacuate the fire departments here. And then she just goes. And I'm like, the only person around who knows what she just said. And I'm like, I just remember thinking like, I am not qualified to be dealing with this kind of situation, but here I am and I did it and I still feel fucking great about it. I, again, wish I could go back and redo a few things, but that is not one of them. I feel like I handled that so good. And that will probably segue into a separate episode of what photographers honestly do on a wedding day because it's not just taking photos. The amount of crazy wedding hats I have to wear on a wedding, per wedding basis is sometimes mind boggling. Um, But maybe that'll be episode nine. I don't know. I haven't planned out episode nine yet, even though I'm supposed to record it. So yes, that is what I have for some crazy wedding stories. I'm just being completely honest with you. Crazy shit is going to happen no matter how much you plan or cookie cutter it. I know things are going to happen next month for my wedding that are going to go awry, whether it be something small, whether it be something big. I truly hope none of my wedding guests knock over a speaker. But should it happen? I hope I have a rugby player out in the crowd to handle the situation for me. So crazy wedding stories are wrapped up. Let's move into the three things your fellow photographer, Jess of Coral Compass Photo Co. truly believes you shouldn't skimp on on a wedding day. So let's get into it. So first and foremost, you guessed it. I truly believe that there, are out of three things to not skimp on, the most important thing You shouldn't skimp on our photos. And as somebody who has grown from newbie to seasoned professional in this industry, I think I've said this in maybe episode one. Um, Like, there are people who are going to explicitly hire newbie photographers. That is how I gain my portfolio. I showcase, like, yes, I'm up and coming in weddings. I have this much experience. I, like, for example, my first wedding that I talked about, I did not tell them I had any wedding experience outside of being a guest at a wedding and taking pictures. Um, But I did have some other shoots under my belt. They chose to hire me knowing that and only paid me $400. I am so incredibly grateful and thankful that those people for my first three, four years in business trusted me and was willing to gamble their wedding day essentially on my not exactly sharp skills. I was still learning a lot. I feel like it was very evident in my work, but art is photos and art is subjective, right? So, my work back then, I know all of my clients loved their photos. As a seasoned professional now, I can look back and be like, there are seven thousand things per wedding I would have done differently, but all those things carried to carried me to where I am today, and I'm so grateful, right? But as somebody who is where she is now. If you have the budget for it, or you have, you know, a $10,000, $20,000 wedding budget, a $100,000 wedding budget, you should do your research and find a wedding professional, a wedding photographer who is going to deliver quality photos because that is all you're going to get at the end of the day. From your wedding, right? It's the most cliche. I'm so sorry if you can hear Rich. <laughs> it is the most cliche thing to say this, but like the cookies, the cake, even at, even if you save the top tier of your cake, it's still gonna get eaten after one year. Your wedding dress is gonna be preserved. You're probably not gonna wear it again. Your flowers are going to wilt, or you can preserve some of them, but not a lot's gonna come out of those. Even though I love florals, um, you know the DJ comes and then he goes. There's no post work for them. What you get from your wedding photographer is literally lifelong and that is your legacy. Those are the things you're leaving behind for your future family. I hate to be morbid, but those are usually the pictures that are used at older generations funerals. There's so much that goes into wedding photography and some people are like, oh, I don't really care about photos that much. That's okay, not everybody has to care, but still invest a little bit more into that section of your wedding budget. Um, Because you don't wanna, I I see this as a theme in a lot of the wedding photo or um, not photo groups, just wedding groups in New England specifically where people have so much regret for not putting aside more money for a more seasoned photographer. With that being said, doesn't matter how seasoned you are, shit can still happen. Shit can still go wrong. Somebody can have a bad day. Technology fails all the time. Think about, has your car battery ever died? Has your laptop ever just suddenly shit the bed for no good reason? You know, there are just, they're your cell phone. You have to update your cell phone like every few years things happen with technology and that's scary. It's not like it's 1980 and we're shooting on film. Even that's scary. Like you can lose film. It can get too hot. It can be destroyed, whatever. However, usually if you're spending and investing more money into more seasoned photographers, they have the equipment to handle failure should it come. So for me, what that looks like and I have done a lot of research in this. I now take photos on a dual slot camera, which means if one of my memory cards happens to fail, I still have a second copy because each picture I take is written to a, two cards at the same time simultaneously. I am going to be completely honest, that was not something I had always done, mostly because dual slot cameras were not something that I really honestly knew about. I, you know, got through my wedding seasons uh with minimal issues only having one slot, but Now, having a dual slot camera, I will never, ever, 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 ever shoot on a non dual slot unless it's an emergency and all I have around me is like a one card um, slot camera. Um, Case in point, I had a photo shoot last season, earlier this season. I don't even remember. All of it blurs together. Um, I had my dual slot camera and memory card one didn't pick up some of the images and it was corrupted. So, thank God I have that second card to have everything right to because all the images were there on the second card. That is just step one in the mix, right? So when I get home from a shoot, I do not erase my memory cards until after my images are delivered. And then I back everything up to my hard drives and store everything on these insanely big hard drives that are just for my desk. Um, and then I keep your galleries in a, cloud and online for you to be able to download from. But I keep every single image I take from a session, every single image I take from a wedding, because you don't know what you're going to need to go back and sift through. So once the gallery is online, uploaded and delivered to my client, then I can wipe the memory cards, but I don't ever touch those memory cards or delete anything off of them. um, Which is something I learned the hard way in the very beginning of my career. Rookie mistake learned very quickly about memory cards, um, and the need for having several hundred of them, it seems. But yeah, you know, those are important things. And I've had couples ask me like, what is your backup process? And I think that's an important question to ask and be curious about because some people don't really have backup processes and that can be kind of a scary thought. But for me, I have multiple steps that I take. Everything's organized. Everything has its own folder. There's no guesswork. And yeah, so for me, that, is something that I would look for in searching for a photographer. Now, if you can find a photographer who is on a cheaper side, I don't like to say the word cheap, is on a lower scale, they charge a lower price, and they have all these things that doesn't mean, that doesn't automatically mean that photographers who charge less or videographers who charge less aren't good. It doesn't mean that they're not professionals, but typically if somebody is only charging $400 for a wedding, that's kind of a clue that they don't entirely know what they're doing or they're up and coming or, you know, they just don't have a lot of those seasoned things in place that I feel like a lot of professionals who have done this for many, many years know. I'm going off on a tangent but these are just things that i feel like are important to know when it comes to investing in your wedding photography or videography now i don't do videography myself i work with many videographers and i have a mad respect for them it is hard work the post-processing work i feel like is like 10 times worse than what i deal with but in tandem those two things go together i don't offer videography services at all, Um, but I do recommend a lot of videographers that I have worked with who I think are similar style to me, also work really well with photographers. Um, That way I know from experience, my couples are being taken care of by people who are serious in the way that I'm serious about taking care of my couples. And again, these are the things that you're getting for life. You're gonna have that wedding video to look back on and literally feel and hear things that photos can't always project. I can do my best to capture the sad um, tear or the happy teary photos, but video is so wonderful because it you hear the audio of what's being said in those times. You're hearing maybe dad's voice and dad's not here anymore. You are seeing the little flower girl who is now suddenly 15 years older going to college, right? So you're You can get... I'm a photographer. Obviously, I love photos. I freaking love my job. But video works in tandem with photography. Those are the two, I feel like, most important things that you can invest in um, outside of the next two things that I'm going to talk about. So just think about it. I mean, obviously, again, there are people who are like, I literally don't care if I have cell phone photos with vignettes and cheesy overlays. Some people love that. I know of many people who just... I've seen their galleries and they are so over the moon happy. And I love that. I just, it's hard for me to, I feel like I'm trying to justify, even though I feel justified. I don't know. It's weird. Take your photos as seriously as you can. If you are somebody who doesn't give a shit about photos, that is your prerogative. But if you are trying to plan an event that is so meaningful to you and you're not just here like, Oh, I don't really care about the photos. I'm just here to like eat some good food or whatever. That's fine, but try to do your research. Try to vet the photographers that you're working with. Try to get feedback from family and friends. Again, things can always happen, um, but generally, you know, the reviews and the past couples and other vendors, you know, will kind of speak to the people who are good. Moving on. So this one, I feel like is kind of a given. I have photographed several events where a DJ or MC was not being used. They kind of just came up with like a Spotify playlist or, um, you know, they just had, you know, a friend or family member do their music and it can work. It can sometimes work, but it can also be one of those things that makes or breaks a wedding. In my personal opinion, as somebody who witnesses or in has witnessed weddings with and without DJs and MCs, professional ones I can tell you that the ones that had professional DJ and MCs were much more fluid, much more organized, and the crowd was much more engaged versus people or couples who had weddings um, that didn't have a professional DJ or MC. You know, you want to invest in the entertainment. You're holding and hosting an event for guests to come and enjoy themselves. And the DJ and MC are directly responsible for the entertainment portion of the night. You can have a live band, you can have a low key DJ who is, you know, doesn't provide the uplighting, you know, just comes and is able to coordinate things. I've seen that happen. And then you have the fire DJs who literally can drop a beat and people lose their fucking shit. I know so many DJs, Shout out Main Event and Entertainment. They are filled with amazing DJs. We are having DJ Jen Cruz at our wedding. She DJed my best friend's wedding last year, and I just simply love her. She's amazing. But there are a ton of DJs with Main Event. I'm not sponsored this. I'm not getting paid to put this in here, by the way. Um, But Main Event is just one of those companies where they have authentically genuine, wonderful DJs who care about their couples and do a great job every single time, hands down. But here's the thing, right? So your couples or the wedding, like let's just say you're a guest and you're going to a wedding and there's not really much going on. There's no real music being played that's hyping you up, You're want, that's not making you want to dance and you eat dinner and go home. I've seen that happen and that is heartbreaking because my couples can put in so much effort and work into an event to turn around and skimp on one of the most important elements to hosting an event. And then half the guests go home after they eat and then it's like, well, the night's not really going the way that you wanted it to. And that's heartbreaking, right? The DJ helps push along the timeline. They can sense a crowd. And if the crowd is needing like a slow dancing song or like, let's take it down for a minute, ladies and gents, they'll start a slow song. They are so good at intro. Like I love nothing more than when a DJ or MC is getting ready to introduce the wedding party and the bride and groom or the couple, excuse me. And they are getting people fired up and the energy is like electric. When you don't have somebody to help do that, it's not It's not that it's a terrible idea. It's not that it's not great. It can be great but you want to have somebody who's going to hype up the people you invited to this event. I feel like that's so important. Somebody who's knowledgeable in wedding, um wedding like the trendiest wedding songs. People who know how to not take requests if people are pushing them but you don't really want them. You want people who know how to when and where to play the Cotton Eye Joe if that's your thing. It's just I feel like it's so important for somebody to be The head of the entertainment for a wedding. Like the um, a lot of DJs do like various games. They announce the bridal bouquet toss and the garter toss. They announce the family dances, the cake cutting. They literally do everything so that you're not having to focus on making sure that your time is being, you know, well spent in terms of like, oh, is my playlist long enough? Do I have enough songs? You know, it's it just kind of ties everything together. And again, you're inviting these people who are taking time off of their life, time away from work, time away from their family. If it's a no kids event, they're finding babysitters. So you want them to have a good time. You want them to want to hit that dance floor. You want them to get freaking jazzed when you're being announced as, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Casey. I literally can't express to you how excited I am for those moments because I know that our DJ is going to freaking slam it. We have so many things planned and it would be so much more stressful for me if as a bride on her wedding day, I'm having to worry about those elements of the day. I just want to hire the people who I know are going to hype up my guests and make it a fucking epic party. Number one, try not to skimp and indulge in your photography and or videography. Number two, really focus on making sure you have good entertainment lined up. Please hire fire ass DJ Um, because you just that's one major thing to planning an event that you don't want to you don't want to look back on and be like, oh, I really wish I didn't do the Spotify playlist. I really wish my guests were more engaged because the DJ will literally make sure that happens for you. They will make sure that your guests are engaged. They will read the room and know how to fix it, essentially. So those are the top two the last one that I want to point out, and I feel so strongly more so now than I did probably even a year or two ago. um, I always have such great respect for these people, especially for being somebody who wears a crazy amount of hats on a wedding day. I just have a profound love for wedding planners and coordinators because they are the ones who do much more damage control than I do. They are the ones who are assisting to make sure that the day is so seamless. I have a laundry list of wedding planners and coordinators that I've worked with that are just absolutely amazing. A lot of venues come with a coordinator, um, which is the minimal thing that you want. For me, my venue is a standalone barn that we're transforming to look all glamorous. Um, And our venue owner does coordinate parts of the day, but I wasn't so confident that she would coordinate all the small details the way that I wanted it to. So I made the the decision knowing and having seen weddings with and and without wedding planners or coordinators, I knew I needed to make the decision to hire a coordinator. A coordinator is somebody who helps streamline the day, helps set up, break down, um, the things that you put together. So essentially for me, I put the timeline together I'm doing all of the design work. I'm doing all of the layout planning. Even though my wedding coordinator offered to do these services because she's literally amazing. We've worked wedding a wedding together and I hired her because I thought she was amazing uh, for the couple that she helped out with um, back in 2020. And... So she offered to do planning services, but because I'm such a crazy psycho, I wanted to take and have full control of the planning side of things. But for people who are not good planners or good organizers or don't know what the fuck they're doing, like most people who plan a wedding, because who knows how to plan a freaking large event? Honestly, who knows how to just do that? Like, wake up and I'm engaged. I'm going to get married and I just know what to do. I Genuinely know what to do. I feel like just because I've been involved in the wedding industry for eight years, so I've taken notes along the way. I've seen things that are so unique, and I'm like, oh gosh, I love this. I want to have it for me. So a planner does the in-depth timeline, coordinating with other vendors, uh, layout, tablescapes, design. Literally, they do everything. A coordinator just kind of helps streamline the day more so. And I, if you're listening to this and you're a planner or coordinator, please feel free to DM me and tell me to shut the fuck up if I'm getting this wrong. But that's from my perspective and from my understanding um, and even following some planners and coordinators, that's the difference that I understand. So imagine you wake up on your wedding day, right? And you are trying to get ready and you're getting, you're in the middle of glam, you're in the middle of getting your hair and your makeup done. And you have all of your vendors ding, 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 ding on your phone while you're trying to get ready and you have to have your eyes closed because you're getting your eyeshadow done. But then you're like, Oh shit, my florist is calling me. I need to answer this. Oh my God. My DJ is texting me. They need X, Y, Z. Oh my gosh. Um, my, uh, cake year. I don't, is that a thing? A cake year? I that's what I call cake people, cake decorators, dessert masters, whatever you want to call them. Those glamorous fabulous people who provide the cake and dessert you know, they're calling me because they need to know, oh, they took a wrong turn. Where's the delivery? I can't find it. Imagine you're getting your hair and makeup done and these people are calling you because you've been the one to put this all together, right? Oftentimes, grooms are so freaking clueless that they are, if they were the point of contact, they would be like, oh, I don't know. Just, yeah, noon sounds great. I don't know. And this is not a knock on grooms. A lot of grooms just don't know the ins and outs of what's been planned. Um, my poor husband, Kevin, I know you're gonna be listening to this. He does not know the nitty gritty of things. He knows what we're planning. He knows what everything's gonna look like for the most part. I have, but I have like binders and so many Google docs of everything being organized. But if our bouquet lady were to call him up and be like, Kev, I need to know XYZ, I Y, Z, I don't think he would know. And this is not a doc to you, my love. I love you, thank you for listening. But most guys just are so clueless when it comes to this. I have seen guys who are very involved in the wedding planning process and that is a plus, but I feel like naturally most ladies are just the ones who take full control of everything when it comes to weddings, such as myself. So I like, and this is one thing that wholeheartedly made me know I need to hire a coordinator, at the very least, because I don't want to have to worry about those things. I don't want to have to be the one yelling at my people to line up on their wedding day. I don't want to have to worry about, oh my God, the food truck doesn't know where to park. Um, I need, I I can't describe it when I need to go to the venue and I need to help them park. I don't want to have to worry about picking up trash because I know that sometimes coordinators will help clear tables. I don't want to have to worry about setting up my shit on the wedding day. I'm taking pictures of what I want it to look like. And I'm having detailed conversations with my coordinator. Shout out Kelsey. I love her. And, um, you know, and I'm leaving it in the hands of the professionals to make sure that my day is streamlined because I so wholeheartedly want to enjoy my wedding day. We put so much time, so much effort into our wedding days. Like I've been planning this for a while. I mean, we've been married five years, but um, we're coming up on our six year anniversary. We've never had the wedding that we wanted, but I've been like hard key planning this since last January. So it'll be almost two years by the time it's all said and done. So two years of my life, my time, moments away from my family that I have had to put together for this event. And I just, I want to enjoy it. I want to be present with my people. I have worked hard to get everybody here in one place. And I, yeah, just having a coordinator will take so much stress off your shoulders. Just think about you having to field all those phone calls, you having to like go and set up everything by yourself you having to not have a DJ or MC at your wedding to even help with that part. Think about these big piece elements. Dessert and cake are also so important. Floral arrangements and centerpiece design, really important. I am not saying that any vendors don't matter. I'm not saying that other vendors in all categories are not important because All of them are important because they all play a certain part of a wedding day. But the transportation is not going to be something that is the main focal point of your wedding day. Your photographer should come before transportation, in my opinion. There are ways to get people to and from where you need to be. Um, But, you know, if you're toggling between, you know, should I hire a limo or should I spend more money on a photographer, I just personally feel like, and this is not because I want you to hire me. This is not because I just am a snooty snob. I don't know. I just, the photos and the video are what's going to be the remaining pieces when everything after X amount of time, months, years has gone by. That's what you're left with. And if you skimp on that and you have any regrets over You know, the entertainment piece, you not being able to focus on being the center of attention and people celebrating you and having fun and looking so dapper and so beautiful and not having, like if you regret having not better photos and you're not satisfied with the quality of photos that you received, those are the three things I feel like are just the saddest for me. Sure, the macaroons might not be the tastiest, the cupcakes might be a little bit dry, um, the cake might be a little bit lopsided, but are those going to be the things that make or break the entire wedding experience? I don't think so. I truly don't think so. I'm looking at the general overall picture of an like when you put all the puzzle pieces into a wedding day, those are the three pieces that I wholeheartedly feel like are the most important because they, the planner or coordinator streamlines everything so you can relax and enjoy all the hard work that you have put into it the DJ or MC will entertain your guests and keep the whole night feeling in a good vibe and a good mood. And your guests will be entertained and not have to sit there on their phones instead of being engaged with the evening. And then your wedding photographer and videographer, man, those are just two important pieces. Cause again, I'll say it to them blue in the face. That's what you're going to walk away with. And I know for me, I hired Jen, knowing I'm going to be well taken care of. I know she's a professional. I know she knows what she's doing because we work together. Um and I just absolutely adore her work. I know who she is. Um and even if I wasn't a wedding photographer, I just know I could trust her based on um, you know, the other experiences that people have had with her. And I'm looking forward to those three things so much. I am looking forward to those three teammates helping make my day so great. Oh, and Ashley from Stillwater Wed- Wedding Films. Um, she's my videographer. I would have cried if I not had a videographer, a videographer um, because, you know, there are just going to be people and moments in that video that I know I'm going to cry about in 20 years like my children growing up. So yeah, again, I'm not saying that the cake people and the florists don't matter because they wholeheartedly do gonna try to skimp on three things. Please don't do it on those. (laughs) And that is my TED talk for today, people. I, again, I've talked far too long. Uh, Hopefully I didn't lose anybody like 20 minutes ago. Um, but this is episode eight. I hope you enjoyed it. Leave me a review. Let me know what you think. Um, if you disagree with my top three choices of must haves for your wedding, if you have a crazy ass wedding story, I will always love to read them. And yeah, that is episode eight. We'll see you next week. Hopefully I won't have a crank neck, but at least I have my voice back. So have a good one and stick with me.